I'm speaking this morning on Jesus-centered. I came with a vision a few weeks back, and I said there were five things as a church that we need to put in place that we become, breathe new life. And uh, one of those things was living Jesus-centered. So we are learning to live a Jesus-centered life. Notice it says we're learning to. Because sometimes we get it wrong, sometimes we get it right. So we're learning to live a Jesus-centered life. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I was um, driving up the road the other day and they're building these new houses and it, it got this sign and it, it was just, you know, like one of those owl-shaped arrows. Have you seen them? You, you, you sometimes have them in schools. There's one that goes like that. It goes down and it points around and it points that way and it says offices. So you kind of have to go that way, then that way, and you get to the office. I was driving up the road, and there was these new build houses, and it just had one of those signs, and it said, to the offices. It said, offices that way. And then there was another one around the corner, and it said, visitor center. And I thought, you know what? That's what life's about. Jesus has come to make a way for us, to point us to the Father. To get us to the Father is his plan. And that's his plan for me and you this morning, is Jesus has come to make a way so that we can live in the center of God's will. And I'm kind of doing, I've struggled with this, if I'm honest, because when I look at it, I think, can I actually live a Jesus-centered life? And my conclusion was, actually, I can't. So I'm doing this preach, and I'm saying, actually, we can't live this way. But then when I looked at it again, I thought, can I live a Jesus-centered life? Actually, yes, I can. Not in my strength, but I can in him. Does that make sense? So actually, I have fallen short, and I cannot live a Jesus-centered life in my own strength. But there's a sign that points the way on how to live a Jesus-centered life. His name is Jesus. Does that make sense? So when I'm speaking to you this morning... I'm speaking to you of living a Jesus-centered life, but actually, it's Jesus that helps us to live the Jesus-centered life. We can't do it on our own, guys. We've all fallen short, amen? So I've just kind of put an arrow up here, and there's four quick things that I want to touch on that help us to live a Jesus-centered life. Remember, we're learning to live a Jesus-centered life. The first one is salvation. Jesus brings new life. But salvation is found in Jesus, not in us. I find that quite liberating. Does anybody else? We don't save ourselves, but Jesus came to save us. That's quite liberating. That's quite freeing that we don't save ourselves, but Jesus saved us. Then we get a new name. We get a new identity in Jesus. So we find out that we are children of God. We are loved by God. We may have been rejected in this world, but in God we are accepted. Even though we've sinned and fall short, God's love is unconditional for us and accepts us. Our identity now is in Christ, not in this world. We're born of God. We're children of God. And then there's a life that comes with that and how to live a life that is a blessing, that is fruitful, and we can be a blessing wherever we go and take that life. So there's salvation, there's a new identity as we grow in that. Then there's life that flows like a river. We bear fruit when we remain in him. And this is the life that Jesus promises us. And then it says at the top, there's an authority or a new power that comes in Jesus. In other words, the things that used to grip your life no longer grip you because Jesus has given you the power to overcome them. The chains that chain you no longer chain you because Jesus has the power and authority over them. And you discover that authority as you begin to face up to the 
the consequences of your own choices, your own actions. You take responsibility for your past, your debt, your shame, your all. You recognize that Jesus forgives me. I'll take responsibility now for my life, and I'll grow. I'll work, walk the new way, and I'll actually grow in an authority because I'm taking responsibility for this life. I'm not blaming anybody else. Everybody else, yeah, I, I, I recognize people have done stuff to me. But now I choose to walk with Jesus who forgives me and he helps me to grow in this new identity, this new life. Now I gain an authority that I didn't have before because I'm taking responsibility. That makes sense. That's the kind of what Jesus wants to do in our lives to mature us and grow us. Um, but I want to kind of touch on kind of this salvation today because I feel it's important for us to understand that actually salvation is a gift of God. It's not earned. Yet so many times I find myself pulled back into this way of trying to find approval, trying to try comparing myself to other people and thinking I'm not good enough because I get it wrong. Does anybody else do that? And, and at the center, I put other things rather than put Jesus at the center that gives me the free gift of salvation. So my conclusion is this. The problem we have isn't with Jesus. The problem with, is with our ability to receive what Jesus has done. That's it. Jesus said it is finished. The issue now lies with us and our ability to receive what God has done for us and to walk in what God has done for us. Am I making sense? So the issue lies with us and our ability to receive. And you think, well, I've, what have I got to do? Salvation does not come by doing. Salvation comes by believing in what God has done. So you receive salvation. How awesome is that? I don't know about you, but that liberates me. That liberates me. This, this place should be rejoicing because we don't have to do anything to re receive the righteousness of God. Woo! We should be like, Freed up from all that baggage and all those yokes and all those burdens and all of those pressures and all of those anxieties and all of that worry that's put on us in this world. Jesus has come from liberating you from it. It's not just he saved me so I don't go to hell. He's come to save you, could give you new life so you can be liberated from the bondage of this world. He wants to set you free. He wants to deliver you. Oh, that sounds a little bit risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes with power. The blood of Jesus was sacrificed for you so it could give you a new life. So you don't have to be bound by the past, but you can walk in the newness of what God has for you. So it, it comes down to our ability to receive. How good are you at receiving? That's, that's what it comes down to. Your salvation, the new life, the power of God promised for you comes down to your ability to receive what God has already done in your life. Now, I know there's an outworking of that. I know there's a discipleship and there's a, there's a perseverance and there's character building and all that. But it starts with receiving. It doesn't start with you starting to do things. It actually starts with receiving. That is the base. That is the foundation for this thing to happen and to be launched. Because if we try and put anything else into that foundation, we get burnt out. Well, that's about. We do. 
And we all jump back into it because we start to do it in our own strength again. And we're stressed and we're anxious. We're burning out. We're worrying. All of these things because we don't think Jesus has done enough for us. We forget what Jesus has done. And we're listening to other things rather than listening to who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes by doing. You don't got to do anything. Where does faith come from? Hearing. Faith comes from hearing. So your ability to have vision and to see something else where God is wanting to take you does not come by doing. It comes by hearing. Hearing what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So for us to live a Jesus-centered life, we've first got to hear what Jesus says to us. We've got to establish the Word of God as the foundation of our life. Not our feelings, not our doing, not our achieving, none of that, just the Word of God. Be a hearer of the Word of God as your foundation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How, how, how do we hear? We hear by listening to the Word of God. Romans 10 in this in 17 in the NIV says this consequently faith comes from hearing the message there's good news that liberates those who are in bondage is a lib- Jesus is a savior he's a liberator He comes with power and authority. He's the king of kings. And he's got a message for you to set you free. Are you hearing that this morning? Or is your gospel just about you being saved from going to hell? Or is it a liberating message that comes to earth? Heaven coming to earth that sets you free and transforms you into him. And then you walk on that journey of becoming more like him. It's a liberating message that we do not earn, but we receive by hearing the word of God, the message of God. And the message is heard, it says in the NIV, through the word about Christ, Jesus. Is this making sense to you? This should liberate you from works. Yeah, what have I got to do? To People come to me, oh, what have I got to do? You haven't got to do anything to receive Jesus apart from hear the message. And believe it in your heart. Now there's an outworking after of following him. But we're talking about a foundation here that liberates people. So, God is offering you something this morning. God is offering you an inheritance. Anybody ever received an inheritance? You don't have to put your hands up. You may have done Some of you may be too young to think about inheritance, and you don't want to think about inheritance because that means someone's going to die, generally. Most of us receive an inheritance when our parents pass away. So it's kind of a little bit of a sad thing to think about. But God wants to offer you an inheritance. He's already died so you can receive the inheritance. He's made a way so that you can receive all of the inheritance that he has for you. How awesome is that? Now, do you want to receive that inheritance? That's your choice. Do you believe in God that he has an inheritance for you this morning? Galatians 3, 18 says this. For if the inheritance is based on law, 
it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. So your inheritance this morning is not based on what you do. It's not based on how good you are, how, 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 how you've dealt with your sin and you're becoming a better person and, you know, you're becoming a kinder person. Or Are you hearing me this morning? It's not based on law what you do. It's based on God and who he is. It's based on the promiser who gave a promise to forgive you of your sins. I'm like, does anybody feel liberated this morning? You should not feel tired this morning because you don't have to do anything to earn your inheritance. What does that mean if you have an inheritance? It means your, your future is now secure. You imagine it. Somebody comes up to you and says, you know what? I just want to give you a million pounds. How would that make you feel this morning? You say, I didn't even know you. No, I know you don't. But your great, 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 great granny one day was kind to me. I remembered it. And it was written down. And it's been passed on after generation. And because your great, 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 great granny did that thing, that act of kindness, I'm remembering that act of kindness. And I'm passing on this million pounds to you. How would you feel? Would, you, would your future be a bit different? You'd be thinking, I know what you'd be doing. Ooh, what are we going to buy? We're going Cheshire Oaks. Then we're going, then, then we're, then we're going Manchester. Actually, don't know. We'll just fly to Venice. It's all planned out. And we'll buy a little flat here. We'll buy a little flat there. Our future's looking great. It's changed your future. Are you hearing me? Well, your God has, has done one act of kindness for once and for all. And he's given you inheritance in Christ that has secured your future. Wow. My future is safe. Are you hearing it? So why are we worrying about tomorrow? Are you hearing it? We get into Monday and we're worrying and we're anxious and we're crying and we're worrying. Why? We've forgotten what the word of God says. The word of God says you have an inheritance in me. Your, your future is secure. Your destiny, you've been predestined before the beginning of time that you would be in me. Now you are in me, your future's safe. Wow. I'm, 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 on the, I'm riding the waves now tomorrow morning. I'm not thinking about what them people think about me. I don't care what the boss says about me. I don't care if my job fails because I have a God who never fails. I'm surfing this wave tomorrow, baby. Whoa, look at my future. It's safe and secure. I'm a hero of the word of God, not of the, world, the father of this world. Come on, are you hearing? See, you've got to hear the word of God, what the word of God says, not what your experiences say, not what your feelings say, not what the other people say when they reject you because they will reject you. What does the word of God say? God loves you. God died for you. God's made a way to connect you to the Father. It's an everlasting Father. He doesn't change. He doesn't change his thoughts about you. He's not thinking, oh, I'm not going to give them in that inheritance now because they've, they've fallen short. No, he gives them inheritance because it's an unconditional love that loves you. There is no conditions on the inheritance the only condition there is that you believe what the Father promises and who he is. He's still with me this morning. God offers you inheritance. Galatians 3.29 says this. If you belong to Christ, 
Does anybody belong to Christ this morning? Has anybody given their heart to Jesus? Anybody said, Jesus, you're mine. I'm, I thank you that you died for me. I believe in you. If you've done that, you belong to Jesus. If you haven't, you can do that tomorrow and you can be part of God's plan and you can be part of the inheritance that he wants to give to you. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to what you do. No, heirs according to the promise. God has promised salvation. God has promised forgiveness of sin. God has promised you a new life. God has given us a new covenant that he won't go back on, and it's yours to receive. If you belong to Jesus, you're an heir of that promise. You're an heir of that inheritance. But the question comes back to what are you going to listen to? What is going in your ears? What is going around on the inside? Are you aware of what you're saying on the inside, and does it match with what the Word of God says? Because that's the journey of working that out so that we receive our inheritance. Colossians 1 verse 12 says, giving thanks to the Father. You ready? Who has qualified us. Wow. There's no GCSEs needed to get on this thing. No masters. No Doctorates. No A star. There's nothing that's needed to get on with this one because he's the one who qualifies you. Wow. I'm not good enough. Wow. What are you listening to? I'm not good enough. Well, who's qualifying you then? Are you hearing me? It's God that wants to tell you that you're qualified in him. You don't qualify for this thing. He's the one who gave the promise and he's the one who qualifies you. He's the one who accepts you of your, with you as you are as a sinner, but he makes you right by putting your faith in him this morning. He was qualified us to share, receive of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Wow, that liberates me. You don't have to earn this. You don't have to work at it. You just have to receive of what God has done for you. You should be liberated this morning. You should have chains shaken off you, burdens that you're putting on yourself that you don't need to because God has made a way to get to the Father. His name is Jesus. And he's paid for your sin. He's paid for your inadequacy. You just need to come to the Father and say to your enemies, to the voices that are not of God, my God has made a way. My God has paid the price. I'm not going to listen to the rubbish anymore because God has made a way. You see, if we don't work through this, we don't receive like a son. We're always like an orphan who has no parents. Orphans have no future because they have no parents and they have no inheritance. They feel abandoned. They feel on their own. They're scared. They're insecure. They feel inadequate. Nothing's ever good enough. They're like, they're frozen in themselves. That's not the spirit of God. That's the spirit of this world. That has rejected you, made you feel inadequate. You've got pain, you've got disappointment, all of those things you're working through. But God wants you to work through those so you can come to him with them. And he wants you to receive, not of that spirit of an orphan, but he wants you to receive the spirit of adoption that brings you into the Father, that changes your future. Because now, I don't have a spirit of an orphan, I have a spirit that says something else. What am I now? Woo, I'm a child of God. 
wow, I have an inheritance as a child of God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. So just want to look at some things that we should really learn to have at the center of our lives if we're to receive the fullness of what God has and we're to walk in what Jesus has promised us. Just looking at an orphan and a child of God. Our child of God thinks and our orphan thinks. You know, and I, I've looked at these and I, I dip into these orphans and I dip into a child because I get drawn into living like an orphan at times. And I have to remind myself and come back to what the word of God says about me. So I'm on this journey with you guys. I can feel inadequate. I can feel insecure. I can feel rejected. You know, especially when the Welsh people don't turn up in church. Where are they this morning? Where are all the English tops? <laughs> so here's a few things to help us receive. The first one is understanding the image of God. When I say God to you this morning... How do you picture him? Do you picture him as a master that has demands on your life? That he's demanding you to live a certain way? Do you see him as a master? Because if you see him as a master, what will happen is your position will be wrong and you will struggle to receive from a wrong position. I'll just be honest. How do you see God this morning? Is he someone with rules and regulations that's trying to tell you to live a certain way? Because that's not the God that I know. Now, he does want you to live a certain way, but that comes after you understand who he is and what he's done for you. Because you'll always be living like an orphan if you see him as a master. The problem with that is you'll live like a slave. You won't live like a son or a daughter. You'll live like a slave. You know, it's great what Saurus shared this morning about you cannot have two masters. Jesus refers to money, manum, like a person. He says, if money is your master, you can't serve God as well. That's what Jesus says. I'm just saying what Jesus says. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot do it. The problem with money, if it is our master, we start getting worried when we don't have it. The master is mastering us. We're a slave to it. Do you see what I'm saying? There's no liberation in it. But when we say we're trusting God as our father, we're liberated from the master of this world. I will tithe my money and put my God first. He will be my God. You see, if we're living by the master, the master, we're always a slave to it. There's no liberation. There's no freedom. So the image needs to be right. The image needs to be a loving father. He just wants to give you everything. Now, you may have had a father who was not a loving father that's corrupted you as an individual. But I'm telling you, God is a blinking loving father. And if you come to him, he will begin to restore the image of who he is in your mind. That's what he does. Which will then give you the ability to receive of him. He's a loving father. See, our position, if that isn't right, then we'll always feel like a slave and a servant rather than feel like a, done and a, a, daughter, done, a daughter or a son of God that has an inheritance from a loving father. We'll struggle to receive. We'll read the word of God and we'll see what it says, but we're still not receiving it because we've still not accepted God as a loving father. 
Now, that doesn't always happen overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. I read one study that says, basically, we must contemplate, think on, meditate on the Word of God as much as we can in order for that seed to produce fruit in our lives. We live in a quick society that says, flick the button, 30 seconds, my food's ready. God's like, do you know how long that seed takes to produce in your life? I've given you the seed now. I'm going to water it, and you're going you're to hold on to it. You're going to abide in it. You're going to keep listening to it, meditating on it, thinking about me more and more than the money and the world and everything else that's trying to stress you out. God's saying, come to me and spend time with me. Spend time in my presence. No, I haven't got time to do that. That's fine. Stay in the world. Keep busy. It'll busy you, and you'll be the master. it'll be your master. But if you come to the loving Father and spend time with him, meditate on his word, I'll guarantee what will happen. You'll begin to see yourself as a loving daughter and receive from him. You will. I haven't got time. You haven't got that time. That's fine. That's the master telling you, you haven't got time. You want to be a master? You want to be a slave to that? That's fine. That will dictate to you all the days of your life. But if you come to the word of God, your loving father, and say, I'm going to spend time with my father. Wham, bam. Wham, bam. I tell you, it's not easy because your flesh, what has been mastered by this world, will not want to spend time in quiet. Because there's too many noises going on inside of us. And if I stop, I'm going to address them noises. There's no way I'm stopping. You just take some time. Go to your father. Spend some time with him. It'll help to correct the image of how God sees you and how you see yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. First thing we must learn to do is let God love on us. Understand what he did through Jesus Christ on the cross. You're wondering if you love this morning? Look at the cross. You're wondering if you're loved? Look at the cross. God can't love you any more than what he loved you on that cross. If you think on that cross every day, every minute, every hour, every week, I'm telling you, it'll eventually drop into you and you'll be like, I don't care what anybody else says. I am blinking loved by God. That's the number one thing you need to know this morning. I am loved by God. You see what that brings? Then it brings security. An orphan lives insecure and he lacks peace. Always keeping busy, never stopping. There's always something that needs to be done where the child of God has rest. Woo! Rest, my child. No rest, no peace. You're living like an orphan. Sorry, I'll just be honest. I've lived like an orphan. I can get pulled into that and keep busy. I know what it feels like. I'm not saying I'm the other side of this. I'm not saying I'm better than this because I can be weak. My flesh can be weak and I can get drawn into it just like you. But if we are disciplined enough to come to the Father, we will discover him who we are. With that comes peace, that we are loved by God. You see, the other problem that we get into is we, look for, we have need for approval. <laughs> I want to be approved. I want somebody to notice me. You know, the orphan, what are they like? They strive for the praise. <laughs> We've all done this. Please notice me. Have you ever seen Shrek, the donkey, on Shrek? He's like, pick me, pick me. Me, I'm over here. Does anybody notice me? Nobody's noticing me. I'm working really hard and no one's noticing now. God, I'm in oven. Are you hearing me? That's coming from an orphan. Because he doesn't understand the inheritance that he has. He doesn't understand his future's already secure in God. I have an inheritance. I'm blessed. Why is this kid jumping around and mithering and stressing and not feeling approved? Because you've not yet heard the word of God and it's not sunk in your heart and you're not living it out. Strive for praise, approval, and acceptance of man or women, people, this world. We all do this. So you're still my friend this morning. It's not too challenging, is it? 
I'm trying to help us to live a Jesus-centered life so if we have a Jesus-centered life, we can rest and live out of that and bear fruit. We can't bear fruit if we're busy and we're anxious and we're stressed because we don't feel approved. See, the child of God is totally accepted. Woo! You are, you're a child of God, you are totally accepted. God's got no conditions on you this morning. Oh, they're not good enough. You know, when my girls were born, I looked at them, and they didn't say this to me. Daddy, what do you want me to do? What am I going to do for you to love me? Daddy, what is it? What, are, what have I got to do? The dishes? Have I got to clean, put my socks in the drawer? What, what is it, Daddy, you want me to do? They didn't say that. They just looked in my eyes. I just want to love you. I'm going to love you and love you. Sometimes I get it wrong, but we'll go back and say sorry, and we'll love again. God's love's way greater than my love. God's not putting conditions on the love that he has for you. There is no conditions. It's unconditional love. It's not like man's love. God's love is completely, it's agape. It just, is, it just abounds. It has no limits. God says, I have loved you with my life. When I died for you on the cross, I have loved you. Need for approval? I don't know. Do you live like an orphan at times? I think we do sometimes. I know I can. I'm reminded I have to go back to this. The amount of times I do this, I've looked for people, I've looked for numbers, I've looked for this, and it wears me out. And then I'm reminded by God, almost like a little slap on the face. Paul, wake up. Have you forgot where your reward is? Oh, yeah, I don't need that. It's in you and you alone. God is enough for me. Am I making sense? So here's something else. What does this look like for your life then? Look, look at vision. If Jesus is at the center of our lives, what does it look like? For an orphan, this is what it looks like. Spiritual ambition. The earnest desire for some spiritual achievements. It all sounds good. And distinction. Standing out, being seen, and willingness to strive for it. A desire to be seen and counted among the mature. We're better than people. Are you hearing me? That's what an orphan lives like. I've lived like this. I've wanted to be among the mature because I think I'm better than people. Actually, that's insecurity. That's not security, being better, being over people, being more powerful than people. You know, we can be over people, have responsibility for people, but that's not to make us look good. It's for that we can serve others with that maturity. You see the difference? See, a child of God lives like this. They just want the daily experience of the Father's unconditional love and acceptance, then be sent as a representative of his love to family and others. That's it. Your vision for your life is to be loved by God and then take that love to those around you. It's that simple. Is that good? I think that's a good thing to, to, to receive. Maybe sometimes we dip into this. How do we know what an orphan looks like? Sarah said it the other week. They're always grabbing after. They're always grabbing or manipulating, doing it behind the scenes because they've not yet understood that they have an inheritance. Are you hearing me? They, want, they put people down on the journey, the ladder of success if we're not careful, to be bigger and better than people. We can all dip into it. That's an orphan. A child of God 
just wants to know that they're unconditionally loved on a daily basis and love people with that unconditional love. It's simple, guys. Love the Lord with, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not a difficult vision to live. Sorry, it is a difficult vision to live on your own, but with Jesus, it's possible. So, you still with me? You may look at those things and think, where am I like an orphan? I'm going to go now to the Word of God and listen to what Jesus says about me. And I want to grow in this area of my life so I can be a son and I can inherit what God has promised me. Are you hearing it? You have to do that. You have to spend time to listen to the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God so that you can walk in this and experience the love of God and share the love of God. No, I can't do that for you. Only you can do that as you go to the Word of God and the Word of God gives you access to the Father. And the Father's love will be imparted in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's Jesus now. Saying you got that one wrong. Sorry, Jesus, I'll correct that. It's probably Rhea and Tim actually messaging, saying, I can't believe you did that in church. I'm going to just disrupt your meeting. Okay, I've got a question. So simply, what are you to do now? Receive your inheritance as a child of God and walk in it. It's yours. It's not for the spiritual mature or any, it's for the simplistic in life that are able to humble themselves and have an ear to hear and say, actually, I hear that message and I'm going to receive it. Now I'm going to walk in my inheritance as a child of God. I've got you a question, though, that's kind of pinged around in my head this week. Is the inheritance enough? Is what God did for you enough? I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're still looking for something else. Are you still my friend this morning? Is it enough? You know, I spoke the other week on Vision Sunday about God Almighty, the Al Shaddai, the God of more than enough. So I have this question banging around in my head. The inheritance and what God has done for you, is it enough this morning? Or are you still looking for something else? Or is Jesus enough for you this morning? Because if he's not enough, then you'll always be grabbing after something else. But if you can come to God and say, do you know what, God? I want to love you and worship you for what you've done in my life. I'm going to praise you because you're the God of more than enough. And your sacrifice for my life was enough. And I'm going to declare that, a declaration in my life. And confess that and think on that, that Jesus, you are enough for me. Is he the God of more than enough for you? Or are you still looking for something else? It's just a question. Is God enough for you this morning? I don't know. Only you can answer that. I'm not saying we don't have other things in our lives. We don't have blessings and we don't have, you know, riches. We can have all of those things. But at the center, is God enough for you this morning? And I'm going to finish with this, which I think when I've looked at this, I said earlier, can we live a Jesus-centered life? I think this is the most profound thing that we can come to realize that what we need in our lives to actually live a, a Jesus-centered life is Jesus. When you look at the scriptures and the writings in the New Testament, 
they have to correct various things because they've come a little bit, they, they've come off the mark of actually who's made this happen and who is the savior of the world, who is the beginning of all things. John 1 verse 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 8, 58 says, truly, this is Jesus speaking, truly I tell you, Jesus declared, before Abraham was born, I am. Colossians 1 verse 17 says, he existed, Jesus. He existed before anything. And he holds all creation together. Who's holding your life together this morning? Is it Jesus? You see, it's not about us making our lives Jesus-centered. It's learning the truth that Jesus is the center. Jesus is the beginning, he's the middle, and he's the end. He's the one who created all things. All things were made through him. He's the name above all names. He's the king of kings and deserves all praise this morning. You see, when we come to a revelation of who he is, we realize that he holds everything together and our future is secure. We don't need to worry or be anxious because Jesus is the center. Does that make sense? It's a matter of our focus on who Jesus is, not who we are. And when we realize who he is, our lives begin to settle because we realize he holds our future secure. Are you with me? So who's holding your life this morning? Is it the word of God or are you listening to something else? It's a challenge, guys, but I want to encourage you. You have an inheritance in God. It has no conditions on it. You may think you're inadequate. You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. It's not based on that. It's based on what Jesus has done for you, and he's made a way so you can receive it this morning. That's the good news. You can find liberty, freedom, life, grow in authority, discover the power of God in your life so you can overcome the things that have once fastened you. It's the gospel. But we must recognize that Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God. And he holds all things together. He is the center that we worship. Our futures are secure in him, not in us. He has predestined you before the beginning of time to set you in a place, position with the Father. That's a pretty awesome God that we serve, is it not? God has you. Just like he cares for the sparrow, God has cared for you. And he died for you. And he's forgiven you. And he's offering you an inheritance for you to receive and walk in. We're going to sing a song and invite the band up. We're going to sing a song. And it's, I like this song because in the vision that I had, I saw a river and the river was flowing, and next to the river were trees planted. And as the trees were planting, and you know, it's a picture of us abiding in God and trusting in God's word and growing in a knowledge of Him. As they did that, they were bearing fruit. But you know, this this water, this river, is a symbol of what God has done for me and you. It's a symbol of our inheritance. It's a symbol of God's love that's been poured out for you. So we're going to sing this song. I just want us to worship God and give thanks because he deserves 
all the praise. Amen? Does Jesus deserve all the praise this morning? And as you sing this song, I want you just to allow God to speak to you. Say, God, I want to receive from you this morning. Areas of my life, I've lived like an orphan. I don't want to live like an orphan anymore. I want to live like a child of God. You say I'm a child of God if I believe in you, then I'm going to declare it in my life this morning, and I'm going to receive my inheritance in you.